This is Entrepreneurs Get Visible, the podcast for people who want more impact, influence, and income. I'm Anna Parker-Naples, and I'll be sharing with you proven methods from leading entrepreneurs that help you get visible as an authority in your field. Because anything's possible when you get visible. Hello and welcome to Entrepreneurs Get Visible today, where we are actually live streaming this episode as well. Today, we're talking about what you can do to build a solid speaker business. And I know for many of you listening, this is something that is on the horizon for you. Even though right now, as we record this, many of us are still isolated or in tears or in lockdown, wherever you are in the world. But that doesn't mean that everything can stop and those big plans and ambitions you have to get on great stage have to come to a standstill. And today, I'm, I'm really excited to bring this guest to you today because I've watched Kelly and her partner really build a very successful, thriving Facebook group called The Connection Hub. And today, I'm talking with Kelly Tyler, who runs the agency, the speaker agency called Stella Speakers, and also runs Speaker Insight, which is a consultancy business for early stage and advancing speakers. So welcome to the show today, Kelly. It's great to have you here. Great to be here, right? What better place for speakers to be than on your Get Visible podcast? (laughs) So everyone, most of my listeners, they are, it depends where in their journey they are, but they want to be speakers. These are mission-driven people. They want to have impact. They are ambitious. They want the books. They want to be known. They want to book those gigs. But how do you actually do that when you're starting from scratch? Many of my listeners are coaches or consultants. They know that they've got so much potential. But how do you get started? Yeah, it's one of those frequently asked questions that we have all the time. So there are lots of routes. And even in the changing times that you acknowledged earlier, there are still opportunities. So don't feel that we have to put everything on hold. I think where the speaking business is evolving, right, where if you go back 10 years ago, it was very much professional speakers learned their craft, paid their keynotes, and it was quite that elite club to be Mm. in. And as entrepreneurialism has advanced and lots more opportunities and platforms and devices are at your fingertips, opportunities have expanded. And I think the speaking business is evolving, and I can see two different business models that have come out. So you've Mm. still got the predominant professional speaking where it's a real art. I don't want to, you know, disillusion people that this is their craft. So Mm. if you want to become a paid professional speaker where that is your predominant trade, then it's going to take training. It's going to take a lot of investment in yourself, vocal coaching, body language, understanding the art of storytelling, all these things where you'd need to get mentored and trained and actually you know, sometimes have qualifications. There are groups like the Professional Speaking Association where you can start that journey and really start to learn your craft. And the intention then is for you to then potentially do some freer gigs to get the actual credibility and to say that you've spoken on some stages. Mm -hmm. That might start with expos and trade shows and conferences. But when you are actually a professional speaker, your predominant audience are corporates. Because Mm -hmm. corporations are the ones that pay the money for the speaking. And a lot of people have a speaking and a training hat on. So they can go and do the large AGM meeting and then carry on and do a three-month training program with the SLT afterwards. So it's a lovely combination. Now, there's the other model that's advanced, which is actually using speaking as part of your marketing tool. 
And what that means is that you probably won't get paid to speak for your keynote. You'll get paid by lead generation or selling from stage afterwards, whether you've got your book like you have, whether you've got an academy, a training program. And so that's very much for your audience, I think, where there's the entrepreneurial or the B2C customers that you're actually speaking to raise your profile, increase your reach, make an impact with your message, and then actually have people come over to your world to buy your services as a coach, as a consultant, as a therapist, whatever it might be. And that is actually the easier route to get started. Mm, absolutely. Because there are so many stages you can speak on, right? There are, there are, now you don't, have, of course you have to be a good speaker, but you don't have to be as crafted as the people that are getting paid 10, 30K a keynote. And you don't have to be part of that circuit. You don't have to find those ins in quite the same way. And, and actually, whilst right now, you know, in terms of getting on stages, that's a whole industry that's really struggling right now because COVID has, has had massive ripple effects. But what we're seeing is that more and more people and more opportunities to speak online are out there. Summits are going through the roof, literally. That's the the summits, but also with my speaker agency hat on, we're booking in now into 2020 and 2021. And the word on the street is hybrid. That's where all organizations are going, whether it's expos and conferences or even corporations, they're establishing these meetings and these events so that there's the opportunity for live, because live is brilliant, right? We can't deny that people want that energy. People want Mm. to be in the presence of people's auras and energy. But to make sure that they mitigate any risks, they're also saying, and we're going to live stream it, and we're going to have some sort of hybrid element Mm. where there's an online element. If we go into lockdown, that doesn't have to be counted. It goes forward. Mm. And what we've seen, you know, I've seen it in lots of the organizations I've worked with, that actually having this virtual element while they're pivoting has actually increased their exposure. They've been able to run events where actually it was only a London event and now they're getting international people coming in. Their market's changing. People who even have got kids and couldn't have traveled in that day and, you know, they've been able to attend at home. So it's like... Hybrid is the word on the street. And that's why I would say to anyone getting started is that having the digital element and knowing how to speak online is an essential skill as well as actually delivering in person, because Mm. I think it's going to be the way of the future. I do too. And it's an interesting point you made. There's been many big events. I would have loved to have been there, but family-wise, it's not been possible. And if there had been that element, well, actually, I could, it's not the same. I know it's not the same, but I can still get that content. I can still hear that talk. I can still be present, even though I'm remote. It's, it's really appealing as an, a potential attendee. So what would you have to consider in putting a speech or a talk together that's different for online than performing live? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so even when people are performing live, The keynote is if you're getting paid or even if you're selling, you need to know your avatar. You need to know your audience 100%. And rather than just having that standard 30-minute keynote that you roll out, roll out, roll out, and you do the circuit, people get really bored of that. And also the impact isn't as great because Mm. especially the opening bit, you should have about six or seven different ways you're going to open your keynote because you don't know what the energy is going to be like in the room. If you're at a multi-speaker event, you don't know what people have done before. You might be the speaker after the lunch or the last day, the last speaker of the day. So having that opening ice breaking side of things to actually just break people out of their state, get their attention 
Then the first part of the keynote is actually connecting with them. Why should they be listening to you? What's in it for them? How do you understand where they are? How do you empathize? How do you actually know where they need to get to and what their objections and problems are? And then the art really is of storytelling. Whatever Mm. positioning you're in, taking them on that journey, actually, you know, as soon as someone says, oh, I'm going to tell you a story, everyone sort of sits down, gets their cup of cocoa, and it's like Jack Jack and Ori. (laughs) And people are open rather than just actually having death by bullet point and keynotes. So that's the standard rule anyway. When people start to do a keynote online, you have to manage that energy much more strategically because people's attention spans are shot to bits. I'm sure we're all zoomed out completely. So what you have to do is you actually have to do much more raising your energy so that people are actually, you know, they feel the buzz. As much Mm. as they can through the Mm. camera, they feel the buzz. The engagement needs to be there. And that's the key because most keynotes are very passive. People sit in the audience and they listen and they watch. But you might have a couple of raise your hands this is different. It's about using improv potentially to do games, to do icebreakers. You have to do polls to make sure people are there, ask questions, and then to sometimes take people off mute. Most people would say, you know, if they're not doing a sharing their PowerPoint slide, get everybody on camera. Because when because people, people are present with you. <laughs> you know, when you've done Zooms, everyone turns their camera off and you go, I know you're doing the washing up while you're listening to me. I know. Me. I was doing a, I was on a course the other day and I didn't know anyone else doing it, but I was tucked up in bed in my pajamas and then they said, we're going to go into breakout rooms on camera. And I was, oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, that moment when you kind of go, do I just stay with my name on the screen? <laughs> exactly. But but that is the way the world is right now. And I think in some ways it's 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 a good thing in that it's shaken up some really old, quite staid models. Yeah. So as a speaker agent, what's going on for you right now in yeah. light of what's going on in the world? How is how is this changing what you're looking for? So one of the things that we're 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 looking for at the moment, and also we've been taking all of our speakers through, is actually like a virtual accreditation process. So we know there are certain things that speakers need to consider, invest in and train in, which were not initially required before. So, you know, when you're doing, there are certain things, I'm going to like hold this up. I know you're the same, like Yeti mics are important, your lighting, your ring lights, Ethernet connection, making sure that you've got good backgrounds. Not many people are that keen on virtual backgrounds and things like that because Mm. it makes things look a bit fuzzy. So actually doing all the checks with people to see, have you got the tech in place? And that sometimes is an investment for people. Mm. The second thing is then, are you aware of all the technology platforms? Do you know how to do whiteboards on Zooms? Are you familiar with Teams? Can you use StreamYard? How do you actually do polls? How do you do all the technology side of managing the software? Or some of my speakers have actually hired part-time assistants. So they're like their little mini AV person who will do the music when they're coming on. They'll open the polls up. They'll have that interaction. They'll mm. do their slides for them, like having the AV person. So they can focus there. on performance. They can just mm. be present. And so mm. it's really important. That's why some people have said to me, oh, you know, should I drop my, my fee as a speaker? Because I'm now doing it digitally. It's one of the questions we get asked a lot. And just to divert a little bit, most people would say that actually they are dropping their fees purely because, well, my speakers are dropping them when there's no travel involved. So, for example, if there's a half day or a day's worth of travel, that's included in costs Mm. as well as travel expenses. So we can take that out of the budget. 
But for some of the speakers that have hired an AV person or have invested in tech, or some of them have had to completely redesign their keynotes, mm. that's actually design time involved, which wouldn't normally have needed to happen. So they're not dropping them by more than 10%, really, most of their fees. Some people are like going, well, I'm just going to do this for 100 bucks. And you're like... Let's Why? Keep- Why would you do that? Because you're going to diminish your own authority and your own credibility. 100%. And, and also, it's really important to consider here is about contracts, because what actually your client is getting when you're delivering virtually is actually more access to you. That can be streamed to their whole organization rather than just their SLT team, which they might have only paid you for. Mm. That could be their intellectual property that they roll out year after year. Hang on a minute. What do we do about contracts? How how can they access the information? How long can they have that video for? Who can get distributed to? Because you can normally add a couple of noughts onto your keynote depending on how they're going to use the actual training that you've delivered, the keynote that they've delivered, and what rights have they got to that information to and mm-hmm. to then distribute it later. So whether you're speaking for free, which some of your people who have got that model of speaking to sell – or whether you're speaking to get paid, contracts are so important mm-hmm. for both both camps. You, well, you want that security. And I think once you've been burned on any form of contract, you will never, ever let that happen again. So, yeah. so Kelly, I, I'm interested how this happened for you. How did you find yourself in this world? <laughs> I just <laughs> fell into it, really. Just fell into it. Wake <laughs> so, up one day. <laughs> if we go right back, I used to be an educational psychologist. So I used to manage schools. Then from there, I sort of like realized that nutrition was really important for kids with autism. So I started to actually work with a nutritional company. And there I came across some authors that were wanting to do books on homeopathy and food for kids. So I was like, do you know what? I'm going to set up a publishing house. (laughs) So I set up a children's publishing house way, way back in the day for teachers, students and parents and loved it and then realized that the authors themselves, this is so much in your camp with the visibility, they didn't know how to promote their book. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, let's just get you on some stages. Let's do some promotion. Let's do some events. And they didn't know how to speak. They didn't know how to sell. They didn't know how to promote. So I was like, after doing this for a while, I realized I was actually doing book tours for my um, authors. I thought, I could do this for loads of people, which is where Stella Speakers was born, you know, back in 2012, where I just thought, okay, I really want to help thought leaders and change agents to get their message heard and not just be an agent where we place them, but really help them understand how to profile themselves, Mm. how to run a business behind that and how to make a difference, but not burn out. (laughs) I think it's really important what you're saying there is that some people will come in and say, well, I want to speak. But if you don't treat that as a whole business entity in itself, you're not going to progress. You're not going to progress because for some people, they are literally speakers all the time. This is what they do. And when you put yourself in that arena, that's what you're up against. Yeah. I think one of the common things that I've noticed in some of my community is that they want to get on stage because they want to share their story. And yes, we're saying storytelling is really important. But what they forget is that people aren't listening because they want to know your story people are listening because they want to get something out of it yeah what's in it for them what's in it for them and when you're talking about being you know potentially going into a corporate environment your your talk has to then match whatever the corporation wants to be yeah. wants and needs to be putting out there so you've always got to think about who you're talking to 
Yeah, it's you know we as an agency we would do at least a day exploration with the corporation with the corporate before we decide who the speaker is that's going to be the best person for that. Mm. Because we actually, it's, it's shocking, hun, that actually corporations, when I say to them, okay, so what's the outcome of the event? And they go, I'm not quite sure. I just want people to have fun. I'm like, sorry, you're spending a quarter of a million on this event and you don't have clear outcomes. So a lot of the time we find ourselves working with the HR. Coaching them. <laughs> coaching them, going, okay, what are the tangible outcomes? And then how are we going to measure that? And how are we going to know that that impact was made? And how do we know that people are going to take this training on? And how are you assessing it three months down the line? So whether you're with an agency or not, learn this skill because your client loves the fact that you care that much, that you're not just like sheep dipping. Oh, I'm going to put this speaker in, I'm done and I've got paid and I'm gone again. No, you really care that this organization has got the right presentation, the right speaker, and maybe even 100% follow up with them. This is is where the impact is as well. So it's not just show up, do my 45 minute talk and I'm off actually it's the relationship building around that that there's some real special nuggets in I was going to come up with a better phrase than that but special (laughs) nuggets will do for today a lot of my speakers have got testimonials saying this person is the person that is booked the most with the same company Mm. they keep on booking that speaker to come back and back and back not because they're doing the same keynote but because they become part of the family they know that that person understands the culture, the problems, the history that they've been through, and they're on that journey and they're skilled enough and they're, they've got such a vast awareness of their expertise subject that they can go on the journey with them at the layers that they're at. And, and that really helps. So it's making sure if you can have some form of assessment that you can do with a company beforehand and an assessment after you've done your training or your presentation, then that shows the impact that you've made. It shows that the ROI of your keynote investment was worth it. And then, of course, then, when you're talking to budget and director and decision makers, you can go, look, this is the problem you had here. You invested this, and I've managed, I've looked at the assessments. This is the money you've made or you've saved or the sickness rate that you've improved. And that's when you start putting your bio together, your speaker one sheet, your your, um, show reel, most people will not include or don't know their ROI of their impact of their talk. They've got the fact that people were energized and felt great, but they don't have tangible stats on what did that do? How has the profit of the company include, uh, improved? How is the sickness ratio? How is the, whatever it might be. Because you're running a business. You are running a business service. It is not just the glory that you are on that stage. It's a business. And that's what we've seen the change in the speaker agency mm. world is that those really high paid celebrity motivational speakers are not as in demand at the moment because people don't have the budgets for happy clappy, let's all feel good, right? People have the budgets for experts in their industry to come in and make a difference and make a change and make and make that, you know, return on investment. So for me, that's where your audience is their prime position, their problem solvers, their expertise and their rights to go, I can help you with this. I'm not saying we don't make people feel good along the way and it's not motivational, but it's there's more depth than motivation. So what can people be doing right now, Kelly, to, you know, they've maybe in the last couple of years, they're a coach, they're a consultant, they're really trying to up-level. COVID's hit, 
everyone's at home, what can they be doing to build that element of their business so that when this stage of our lives is over, <laughs> that they put themselves in a good good position to move forward? So once you know your avatar, which I know that your, your guys will do because they're already working in that field with their visibility, is then potentially create that first signature keynote. Know what that looks like. Have the elements of your story in there. Have the actual bits where you're seeding what you want them to do next. Have your training in there. Have your intellectual property, your frameworks, whatever it is. And I'm, I'm going to give you some links that you can put into the comments of this podcast. So there's trainings on how to create this signature talk, which really should be the core of your marketing messages and also what you want to be known for and seen as. The second thing is, is then to get visible, right? Which is perfectly for you. Hey, there's um, a bit of a theme here. <laughs> I've got a directory of over 200 stages that people can speak on for free. So that's where I would start. I, and these are, these are virtual as well as physical. So you, can, you don't need to wait until lockdown is over, whether that's ever going to happen. But. <laughs> so again, I'll put the link in there for you to look at that. The point of doing those speaking on other people's stages is to practice your craft, yeah. to see the impact it's made. And this is the most important, get footage, Okay. Make sure that you've got that recorded, whether you bring somebody in, whether you've got the people at the events that demonstrate you on what size audience have you spoken in front of. Not just you on stage, but were there 200 people in the audience? If so, get an audience shot. Mm. Have testimonials from the people in the audience, but actually from an agent's point of view, I want to hear what the booker said about you more than the audience. Why would they book you again and blah, blah, blah. That, they're the testimonials to grab. Mm. And then, you know, what we also would include to put that speaker show reel together is shocks me that less than 5% of people have a speaker show reel in the world. And I'm talking about high class, 100K a keynote type of people. They don't have good quality show reels. Mm. So for me, when I'm booking a speaker, obviously we only represent people that we really know. But if you go to big bureaus, they would never have seen you speak. So how can they then put you in front of an audience if they don't have a showreel? Yeah, they show don't reel. know how you command an audience, how you speak, how you sound, your presence. And, and yes, it is diluted through a screen. It is never the same experience as actually being in the room commanding a space. Yeah. But if you don't give them something to work on, how can they know? It's blind for them. They can't represent you. And also their reputation's on the line that if you were you're not impactful or, or you're a speaker that swore a lot or you, you know, you might be someone like Gary V who refused to wear shoes on, on stage. Well, you know, if you have to know this type of information because you can't put him on a corporate gig if they're saying, no, you need to wear shoes. And he's like, mm -hmm. no, I want to wear trainers. So all these things are really important to get across in your bio, in your speaker brochure and in your show reels. And when you have a show reel, you're already standing out right? It's part of your message about standing out. That's one way to stand out. And it's a showreel of you speaking on stage, not a showreel of everybody talking about you in testimonials. I do not care as an agent. I want to see you speak. I want to see your key messages. I want to see the size audiences. If you've done credibility work and you've spoken on TED or TEDx, I want to see footage of that. If you've won awards, then you can actually have, you know, that in your award-winning this, best-selling author, all these things of credibility that you might actually put up as words on showreel whilst I hear you speak and I hear what your message is. Mm. So, and, and then, you know, at the moment, the digital stuff is so important. So e-speakers are doing a virtual accreditation presenter certification for you. So you can actually go and actually get that 
ticking the box and say I'm certified and to show up confidently as well to give you that knowledge and that that self-trust that you're doing what you should be doing and that you've covered all bases confidence Mm. that you know oh okay I'm not I have got all this but it also gives the book up oh my Mm. god so much confidence that you're going to be using an ethernet connection you're not going to lose it the kids aren't going to run around in the background they're going to hear and see you fine so this is the things that people are really nervous about investing in people that are new to speaking without an agent or without some sort of you know guarantee Mm. and so you need to build that trust and that credibility and the professionalism up in their eyes and I'd probably say they're they're the best steps to get started and in a way I think there's tremendous opportunity right now you know, tremendous opportunity. You, you know, what they, what's the phrase? Don't look a gift horse in the mouth. There are, everyone's online. Everyone's yeah. looking for speakers online because we yeah. still know we need to reach people. And so if you're not using this opportunity right now to treat it like a business, to build it like a business, then you really are missing a trick. Yeah. So it Kelly, is- what would be your advice then? Maybe three pieces of headline advice to start t- doing this properly. Know your business model. Know why speaking is important for you. Do you want to be a professional speaker getting paid or do you want to use speaking as a marketing tool as you getting more visible and actually using it for lead generation? Because then that determines who your avatar is. Mm. If you are, I know a lot of your audience that speaking isn't their thing. If, for example, you're a speaker and you're a coach or you're a speaker and a consultant, please have two separate websites Your speaker website just needs to be a very simple static website, but your avatar for that are the bookers, the event managers, the HRs, the, you know, organizations. When you're a coach, your avatar is your B2C client. They don't need to hear about your keynote fees, what the speak, all of that, that that doesn't interest them. So don't mix the messaging on your websites. Have two separate websites, one for your audience and one for your speaking business. Um, and on that, you can have your media pack, which is your high resolution photos, your bio, your one sheet, your show reels, as well as all of your pricing and your keynotes. And, and it's all about you, basically. So make sure that you separate that out. And then the other thing then is to actually then just get out there. Whatever helps you use your voice, even if it's podcasting, to help refine your messaging straight away. So you're actually getting to actually know this is what my audience are looking for. This is the bit that everyone goes, oh, I love that. Then you know what the juice of your keynote's about because that's the thing you get frequently asked questions about or people love that bit about you or you really honed your story to fill that through. I think you're right there. And this one thing we do talk about podcasting is that you get that opportunity to say your story or elements of your story and stories over and over and over again. And you can think, well, actually, I was really in flow when I was talking about that bit and that worked because of this. And you are using your voice. And the more you are using your voice professionally, the better you get at it so that if you are on stage and something happens and the audience isn't quite with you you're not like caught like a rabbit in the headlight (laughs) you know you can talk about something when you've lost your moment because that's what we do in podcasts all day long you have to you have and because when you really understand why you're speaking your focus is on service and we're all experts in our own right. It's not like we have to read a script of our life and our, you know, why we do this and our expertise. We know it is embedded in us. So take the focus off of you and being polished and being perfect 
and have the intention on what's the outcome for the audience. Keep focused on service and you will always find a route to get back to where you want to be. But the best presenters in there, out there, are not ones that go in with a 30-minute keynote and stick rigorously to it. The ones that are there are the ones that read the audience, the ones that go, hang on a minute, I don't see the whites of their eyes. I don't see their energy. I don't see what it is. And so you have to have that ability. This is where it's a, a real art and craft to adapt, to shift the mood, to actually see if actually are they just really intensely listening and I'm reading their faces wrong. You've got to have that ability to test and prod and then adjust. So that's it's why it's, it's, it's making me feel that it's instead of talking at an audience, you're talking with the audience. And that's the difference, I think. And a lot of that does come from practice and confidence and experience, having that that presence to kind of trust that what you're going to hold your space, whatever happens. Yeah. And so I think that's I- why, sorry, just, and that's why it's really important to know your audience beforehand mm. and why the online world is actually better because you can actually go, okay, so, you know, I think that your main concerns are these just do a quick vote for me and tell me which one is your predominant concern. And then when you get that feedback, you can then go down that route of that is your main thread that you're going to do for the keynote, or it could be, you know, so you've got to have that flexibility to make sure what you're doing is right for the people that are there right there. But you can't do that unless you get out there to get started. So take some risks and make some applications and speak to people about getting on their summits because nothing, there is nothing stopping you from doing this, but treat it like a business and rock up like you know what you're doing, even if you're at the start of your journey. (laughs) (laughs) You know know your stuff, whether you know speaking is a different thing. (laughs) So Kelly, thank you so much for coming on the show today. What's the best place for people to come find you? Yeah, so um, as you mentioned earlier, the Connection Hub is where we help speakers, authors and coaches to build that business on your terms. So yeah, just um, I'll give you the link. It's free. Come and introduce yourself. We have so many resources. We run free Mm. training out there. And there are, if you look at hashtag opportunity in there, there is always opportunities to speak on stages, do podcasts like yourself. So just come and join us. Yeah. And I I highly recommend it. I think the Connection Hub, they run it very well. Uh, It's a tight knit community, but it's a big community. And I do think it's a fabulous opportunity for coaches, speakers and consultants who know that they do want to get on stages. So it's the Connection Hub. We'll make sure that it goes in the link if you're listening to this podcast today. And um, I hope you have taken something out of this to realize that you can build a speaking business, you can become a speaker, but it's not going to fall in your lap. Treat it like it matters and treat it with the respect that that deserves because it can be a thriving revenue stream in its own, on its own. This could be a business for you on its own. So thank you so much, Kelly. It was great to have you today. Bless you. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneurs Get Visible. To get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community, go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible.